Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Dodgers take on the rival Giants later today. Coverage starts here at 5.30 p.m. Of course, we are the Las Vegas home of the Dodgers here on 1140 The Bet. And joining us now is Dodgers play-by-play voice and face on radio and TV, Tim Neverett. Brought to us by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Tim, I wish we were talking uh, in, in different circumstances, but I view today as one of honoring the legacy of Vince Scully. And with all that said, thank you for joining us. And how are you doing? Uh, doing as well as can be expected, I guess. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. And, and it's just a difficult time, certainly, for anybody who's got any affiliation with the Dodgers or baseball or broadcasting. And, uh, you know, it was tough last night when we got the word in between innings uh, midway through the game. We, we didn't know. Uh, we were told and uh then we just sort of reacted to the situation um and the game really kind of became secondary last night even though the dodgers beat the giants uh, nine to five uh played well uh, a lot of things to talk about with baseball with the trading deadline and we had all those things ready to go but then all of a sudden that all got put on the back burner and uh, it was just about honoring and remembering vin scully and sitting next to rick monday who has known <laughs> He's known Vin for, gosh, probably longer than most. Yeah. Uh, and I know it was difficult on him as well. And and uh, uh, one thing we'll say, the um, the Giants, uh, very classy organization, number one, even though they have got such a great rivalry with the Dodgers. Um, Larry Bear, the uh, president and CEO of the, of the Giants, came in the booth during the game after the news got out and uh waited he stood behind rick and i and waited for a commercial break and then um told us that they were not going to put anything up on the board during the game because they weren't sure if the players or staff in the dugout knew and they didn't want to affect the game didn't want to affect those guys at all and i thought that was a really good thing to do and as soon as the game ended they put it up on their big screen and people um who were leaving once they saw it, they all turned around and uh, a standing ovation. People were doffing their hats and they were, you know, clapping and um, in honor of him. It was something that I'd never seen before. The umpires didn't leave the field once they saw it. Uh, they they were on their way off and then they noticed and they turned around and, uh, you know, some of the Dodger players who were out there going through the handshake line and then they looked up and they were like, they all stopped time stopped last night when uh, word got out 
um, at Oracle Park. And in the visiting TV booth, they've always had this since uh, Vin did his last broadcast there. They have a plaque that, that uh, commemorates his final broadcast ever. So there's there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of a lot of ways that he's being honored and and, uh, and memorialized. And uh, there's a lot more to come, that's for sure, because many people are actually starting last night started going to Dodger Stadium, and there's been a makeshift memorial, people wow. bringing candles and flowers and baseballs and pictures and and you name it. And uh, that had begun, I think, literally minutes after we announced it last night. Um, and in Los Angeles, Vin Scully was the most trusted public figure probably ever in that town. Um, to lose Vin... Uh, I don't know if there's an equivalent because of the generations that he crossed over and the bridge that he was between, uh, you know, their beloved baseball team and, uh, and them. I mean, when he talked to you in person, you were the only person in the room. He made you feel hundred feet tall. He, he made you feel really great. And every time I would go see him and uh, when he was still working and I, and, and uh, leave the booth, I, I felt, great. I was on cloud nine. He, that's what he could do for you personally. For people who didn't know him and listened to him and watched him for all those years, they felt like they knew him. And I guarantee you a lot of people, and they got the news last night and again today, this morning, you know, felt like they've suffered the loss of a, of a close friend. And, and that's, that's extremely impactful. We haven't had a broadcaster. I don't care if it's news, sports, whatever. We haven't had a broadcaster in this country that had the impact of Vin Scully on people. Um, and, and he wasn't the kind of guy that would walk around and say, yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm important. No, he was very humble, very humble. He was all about his family and he never really sought the attention, but he was so good at what he did that, you know, attention followed him. Um, and it was always positive. It really was always positive, always will be positive, And there'll never be anybody that will be able to do the job as well as Vin. No, a hundred percent. And and you bring up, you know, the longevity in 67 years of being in the booth. Like I just think as a country, how many people do we allow to age gracefully or you bring up the trade deadline? I know yesterday Christian Vasquez was traded from the Red Sox to the Houston. They told him in the middle of the press conference that he was traded, like the respect and the admiration of the giants coming to you guys and saying, Hey, after the game, we'll put it up. We'll make sure that this game goes through because we don't know the impact if they find out during the game. Like that, that impact is you can't you can't really put a price on it. Um, and why do you think the relationship between you know, not to go on on a quick tangent here, but I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, uh, and Tom Hamilton has covered the does the play by play for the Indians and now Guardians. He's honestly the reason why I'm here. Wanted to be on the radio instead of being on the field. I wanted to be the person talking about it or telling the story, and that effect that play-by-play announcers have and that relationship they have with fans. Why do you think that is? Because they are the conduit, you know, they are, they're the connection to the team. And I can certainly understand. I mean, and knowing Tom Hamilton, as long as I have, I can understand why Cleveland fans are connected to him. He is wonderful. He's excitable. He's great. Um, and a great guy. And I, I've always liked Tom. Um, but I, I, it, the, the broadcasters are the connection. They are your lifeline to the team because if these teams 
just played in a stadium and there was no broadcast. Uh, you'd just be able to read, maybe read about them or something, uh, but you can see them. You can hear about them. And for years and years, it was radio. You know, 1920, KDKA Radio in Pittsburgh did the first ever baseball broadcast. Wow. And they have the distinction of, of being the, the inventors of it. Um, they go back to a gentleman uh, by the name of Rosie Rosewell, who once they established they were going to broadcast games, people had an incredible connection to him and his, and his folksiness and, um, you know, things like that. And, uh, and it's just, it's, it's just gone all around baseball where you have the, you know, similar voices all the time, the same people who have built this encyclopedia of knowledge and trust with the fans, uh, you know, about the team. And when you hear those voices and when you watch them on television, you're immediately connected to the team. Uh, it's branding, of, uh, for use a term of today's terminology, but it's also important. Uh, when we look at, um, you know, with what's going on in the world today, whether you uh, follow news or not, and if things affect you personally, you look at baseball, I think, and, and sports in general, but baseball in particular, especially this time of year, as an escape, as a distraction. And I go back to the 2020 season when baseball was a distraction for everybody when we had the, the shutdown for COVID, uh, you know, pandemic restrictions and everybody was stuck at home. And, uh, you know, when baseball came back, it was great. And people connected and then reconnected with the announcers. And, you know, I just think that it's such an important part of our society is to have sports that bring together people of, of different opinions on other things. But, you know, if you have people in, in Los Angeles that might have different views of how the, the city, the state, or the country should be run, when it comes to the Dodgers, they can all agree they want them to win. And that's because of Vin Scully. And when he got there in 1950 and with the Brooklyn Dodgers and then in the late 50s uh, to Los Angeles – that was just about the time the transistor radio was invented. And so people would bring them to the ball games, and you could hear Vin throughout the stadium. The players could hear him. They could hear the radio broadcast because of the people, the number of people, the thousands and thousands of people that would bring radios to the game. There are countless stories of, of uh, adults today who were kids then who would put the transistor radio under their pillow and fall asleep listening to Vin Scully and Jerry Doggett. Um, it was, it's, it's just, uh, you know, again, it's the connection. It's the connection you make and the broadcaster is the conduit. And Vin was the biggest, best and greatest conduit of all time. A hundred percent. And obviously you're, you're lucky enough to, to know him professionally. Um, and I'd like to know, professionally and just as a person overall outside of baseball, uh, what were the biggest things that you learned from Vin with your time spent? A couple of things. Uh, first of all, be yourself. Um, there were a lot of people who wanted to emulate Vin, but you know nobody can copy him and nobody could imitate him. But he would often tell people, you know, the best thing to do is to just be yourself. You know, if you're there for a while, people are going to like you. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and he was just, just so humble with, with how he would say that. I mean, and I, I think when he told me that, he was probably in his, I don't know, 50s, 
50 year or 50, 60 year or something. It's unbelievable. Like that. It's unbelievable, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I learned that. I, I also learned that, um, you know, when you, when you play baseball, I played through college and there was always one like, you know, somebody's pitching a no hitter, you know, don't say anything, can't say anything. And even as a, a younger broadcaster in my days with the Pittsburgh Pirates, there was still this thing where you, you have this unspoken word if there was a no hitter going on. But then was one that for all of his time in baseball, and I believe he learned this from Red Barber, is, you know, you have to tell the audience what's going on. There is no broadcaster's jinx. That is a bunch of nonsense, and it is. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but, it's, but it's funny, and it's fun for the fans, and it's fun for the players in the dugout, for those people to, you know, stay with the tradition of baseball where you don't say anything. But, I mean, this year we've had Clayton Kershaw go through uh, – two games where he's been perfect through seven, you know, and if me as a broadcaster, if I don't say anything about it and I'm just whole humming it like, Oh, it's just another game. I'm not doing my job. So I need to let people know. And that's one thing, a big thing I learned from Vin is that don't let people who want to accuse you of jinxing a no hitter. Cause the next guy hits a ball up the middle and that it was the, suddenly the broadcaster's fault. Uh, like the pitcher and hitter had nothing to do with it. Um, you know, he, he said, don't ever let that bother you. He said, you need to tell people what's going on. And, uh, and, and I do. And when Kershaw had his last flirt with a perfecto, it was in Anaheim against the Angels, and I was on television. And in the eighth inning, Luis Renjifo hits a double. And sure enough. Tim, it wasn't your I fault. I get blamed for it. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's, but I learned that from Vin. And uh, uh, I, I learned about, you know, how to be humble and how to be gracious and uh, a lot of things I, I learned from him just from being around him a little bit, not nearly as much as somebody like my partner, Rick Monday has been, but uh, you know, Vin was special, one of a kind. He really got it. And Los Angeles and the baseball world really got him. Tim never joining us here on the playmakers. Of course, we are the home of the Dodgers. Pre-game coverage starts tonight, 5.30 p.m. shortly after the Playmakers is over. Um, t- um, do you mind if we get into a little bit of baseball? I kind of feel in bad taste with everything going on, um, but with the trade deadline. Yeah, sure. I mean, I know last night we were going to talk a lot more about it um, until we got news halfway through the game, and then our whole focus and mood and everything else changed, and we sort of put that stuff on the back burner. And, and it, you know, it, it, I don't know if you listened last night or not, but I mean, no, really, we did. The game it was, was secondary. Yeah, no, it was very, it was very heartfelt, and honestly, I couldn't imagine having to be put through that situation. And you know, your concern, knowing him off the field, knowing him professionally, and what he means to the to to baseball, like we've talked about here. Um, before we get you out of here, just want to get your thoughts uh, on the Padres, and of course, some of the moves they made, including the blockbuster of acquiring Juan Soto. Yeah, you know, the Padres are doing everything they can to improve themselves, and, and that's what every major league team should do. Unfortunately, we see a lot of teams out there that don't try to do that at the deadline or can't do it, they say. But, you know, hats off to the Padres for doing what they can to try to win because that's the name of the game in big league baseball is to win. You're trying to, you're trying to win a championship, and that's what they're trying to do. Now, that being said, they've uh, flipped over about a third of their roster in about 48 hours and there's kind of a breaking in period to expect, I would think. Um, you know, they're a good team. Can they do enough to win the division? I don't know. Dodgers are a good team, too. 
You know, the Just Dodgers are already <laughs> they're already loaded with stars, right? So um, it's going to be you know pretty crazy, especially starting Friday when the Dodgers and Padres go head to head. But you got to give the Padres credit; they're trying to win, and you can't blame them for that. Uh, Juan Soto is a good good addition, but the the biggest addition to me. And the guy I really wanted to see the Dodgers get was Josh Bell. Um, you know, Bell coming in in that same deal, and you look at his offensive numbers, he's really, really good. And, uh, you know, he would have helped any ball club, including the Dodgers, but he's going to the Padres instead. And, um, you know, it's all you, you can make all the changes in the world, but the Padres haven't won anything with those guys yet. And they still have to win the ball games. And a lot can happen between now and the the end of September, early October, uh, to see who's going to be where. Uh, and the Dodgers are still going to win their share of ball games, believe me. And uh, final question before we get you out of here, Tim, and thank you so much for the time. Um, some are going to say the health of guys like Dustin May may be the biggest key, but to you, as we head into October, uh, from the Dodgers' perspective, what are you looking out for in terms of biggest keys? Well, I think Dustin May can be a key, but he still is going to have a little bit of a period coming back to adjust, and it looks like it's going to be sooner than later. I understand he's going to have two more rehab starts, and then he'll be back with us. Uh, so that's going to shorten the time uh, for him to, to get here. So by you know mid-August, uh, he'll be back with the Dodgers throwing. Uh, Walker Buehler is still a possibility for late September uh, and into the playoffs. Uh, Blake Trinan certainly will be back. Uh, Bruzdar Gratterall, who I saw yesterday, uh, you know, he'll come back in the bullpen. Um, you know, so uh, we may, I mean, there's, there's other guys that are still out there. So the Dodgers have to make some tough decisions with personnel coming up due to the 40 man roster situation. But I mean, they're loaded with players and they're loaded with guys coming back. I think Dustin may could be an impact player for sure. Uh, I hope he is. And you know, the, the starting pitching, the bullpen, that's going to be a key offensively. They're still getting it done, even though you have a few guys struggling down toward the bottom of the order. But they come through from time to time. But when you have Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman doing what they're doing right now, um, it's it's incredible to watch every night. So the, the run generation and the run prevention, those are the two biggest things. And I think the Dodgers are going to be good in both those categories. There it is. I know it's a busy and a heartfelt day for you. Um, thank you not only for last night um, and going through that, but giving us some insight into Vin and the Dodgers here, Tim. And we'll hear from you later tonight with the call of the game. And I'm sure there'll be some more conversation about Vin, plenty of it. And uh, I don't know where we're headed with the broadcast tonight, but uh, we're just going to go where it takes us. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's you know, for me, and I think any, I, I speak for all of us, I mean, it's an honor to to be with the Dodgers and to, to even you know remotely get a chance to do a fraction of what uh, what Vin got to do on a nightly basis, it's just you know you pinch yourself sometimes and realize where you are and what you're doing. But uh, I hope that I can do him justice tonight. Thank you, Tim. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. No problem. There he is, Tim Neverett, play-by-play announcer of the Dodgers. Of course, the game, the coverage here on your home of the loss. Angeles Dodgers 11:40. The bet kicks off at 5:30 p.m. Tim Neverett brought to us by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today, or visit BetQL.com. Coming up, we also have to talk about Bill Russell, and we got your tickets to the IFL Championship coming up too. It's a busy day on the Playmakers 11:40. The bet. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.